I love how you like know the ins and outs. We've had you on the show before, but like you just know the history behind everything. Like you go back in the 1500s, this is what they were doing. Actually, the word mocktail was first used in 1916. I'm not joking. The first oh, mocktail really? ever invented was the Shirley Temple, but she had nothing to do with it. A hotel just made it up. Oh, because like she, 30s, could, she was old enough to drink. Right. Well, yeah. So it was for kids. It's for kids. Believe it or not, ah. they're coming back and they call them dirty Shirley's. Dirty oh, Shirley's? I work dirty at a wedding Shirley's. venue. I make uh, Dirty yeah. Shirley's oh, every weekend. Shirley. I'm very familiar. Now, Dirty Shirley is when she got older, correct? <laughs> <laughs> of legal when age, she let's 30. say. <laughs> of legal dirty age. 30 Shirley's. Those are Dirty 30s. <laughs> dirty 30s. This, this time she was drinking. <laughs> she was, <laughs> was her last film. <laughs> <laughs> She's like smoking a cigarette. I was like, hey. Hey, doll. <laughs> Animal crack is in my soup, am I right? I don't know why she has an accent now, but she does. <laughs> hey, hey, tuts. <laughs> With my people though The homie Dyke just cooked up a feast And we bout to eat it bro Fucked around and has to miss the lobster with the protein Daddy is rolling blow dream Them boys got down a routine It's nap town culture Cooking seven courses Had to pass the torch and now I'm grabbing second portion So sit back, relax, grab a drink and a smoke It's all the brunch on the way And get prepared for the jokes Whoa Shit Whoa Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Some people have deathly allergic peanut allergies. <laughs> you know him by his catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> and on the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, the sauce boss of Indianapolis, the last woke dragon, and the Christmas Krampus himself. Give it up for sauce boss Zach, everybody. Hey, hey there. How, was, how, was sell- how many sausages did you sell today? I don't know, probably a thousand. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of sausages. Yeah, that's a lot of sausages. Trying to make it one more. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> and two very special guests in studio with us, two of my favorite people in the world, from Parched Pavement, Alexis Gillen. Hey, y'all. And Andrew Brown. Welcome to the program. Yo, yo, yo. Oh my goodness. I'm very excited. So this is the, I think the most, get, you guys are like a, uh, like a super group, like foreigner, you know, there's like all the best bartenders and, and skilled uh, cocktail mocktail people in the, in the city have come together to create parched pavement. Mm-hmm. So so many people, we have to break it up into two groups. So yeah. You guys are going to be the first wave. Very excited. Imagine how Fantastic Four feel on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> like, who goes first? We just have the thing. <laughs> just the thing today. The rock guy's like, why do they get to go first? Yeah. <laughs> you never know if the invisible woman's there. All right, I'm done with that one. <laughs> Went too far. Uh, welcome to the program. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy to be here. Yep. Um so you guys brought a couple mocktails, and I don't want them to get watered down. Do you want to tell me what I'm drinking here? Uh, the the brown one there that we got going on is um, a bit of the Spiritless Kentucky 74, which is a Cheers. like bourbon substitute and Seedlip Grove 42, kind of nice citrus blend there with espresso, simple syrup, ginger syrup, a touch of lemon juice, and then I actually took some of the sweet potatoes from what you made us for brunch and muddled them in there and shook it with some of the pistachio. What? That is amazing right there. I was very excited. I've had that seedless for a while and I didn't know quite what to mix it with. So I was just waiting for the professionals to get here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of the seed lip, I think by its, 
itself, you know, just even like sparkly water, it mm. kind of highlights because there's so many like herbal and other elements to the flavors there as is that it's kind of nice, but it can blend well with a lot of other flavors too. Now, Andrew Brown, <laughs> we, we've, uh, full disclosure, we've worked together plenty of, plenty of different places. Uh, but as when we've bartended together, one of my favorite things about you as a bartender that I've worked with in the, like the craft cocktail scene was you were always somebody that put these really like herbal forward flavors. in. I think more so than most, uh, most bartenders I've worked with. And you always seem to come up with these really creative flavors that are very herbal forward. I don't know a better way to describe them. I like to pull a lot of inspiration from food. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, a bitch is hungry <laughs> and I just feel like, I don't know, for me, it's like crafting a beverage is the same as cooking. And, and there's so many like flavors that you're getting out of so many other aspects that it's like, why not, you know, utilize it in a drink as well. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where a lot of inspiration comes from me. Mm -hmm. I love how this drink lingers as well. <laughs> Like, is that like a bad I, I didn't want that to be a bad compliment like <laughs> drinks are supposed to linger like they're supposed to be an aftertaste right with drinks yeah I just I, I automatically went to like a drink like staying at your house too long <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to bed yeah. uh, <laughs> great if you could get out of here um, real quick um, can you guys kind of explain what Parch Pavement is to our audience Go so Parch Pavement is a, uh, it's a collective of four of us that decided that we need to have more um, inclusion in the uh, food and beverage scene in Indianapolis. Uh, there's a lot of people that are choosing not to imbibe right now for multitude of reasons, and uh, we just didn't want the, uh, what, the options um, to just be Diet Coke or mm. Sprite and Grenadine anymore. We want to level it up and, and put some thought into that. So we've been doing some um, non-alcoholic events around town since I believe the first one was in April. And then um, wow. also uh, we've been trying to keep track of the places around town that are at least sober friendly, um, that don't you know, make you feel like you're an outsider when you go in and order one. Um, yeah. Rusha, can you describe some of those events? Because the events are popping off. Don't undersell that. Totally. Well, I mean, it, and it also kind of all started like, you know, as like an idea and like each of us kind of had like something of a vision that we brought together collectively too. you know, like the mocktail competition series was kind of like a baseline there. I think Alexis came to us individually and was talking about that. And I was like, well, you know, like maybe get our name on the on the board here. Like and we threw our first event and it was kind of like more mental health focus so we had like people there that do like 12-step yoga courses and there we had pole dancers and you know um lots of other people that are sponsoring and providing stuff that you can drink that don't involve alcohol um we had people doing like just like five minute sketches and really just promoting like the fact of like having joy and and fun you know without relying on alcohol yeah. As well as creating that safe space for somebody who, you know, there might be triggers there mm -hmm. or all kinds of other reasons. And, and, you know, being able to network with other people, too, mm -hmm. that might be living this lifestyle as well as you or like also just like want to kind of hang out and meet some people, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that kind of put us on on the books there and then into the mocktail competition series, which, you know, we had some amazing collabs that we did with the places that were hosting them like Dukes and Bodie and then Tinny starts hub um, and started as like a 12 person mocktail series. Um, and then, you know, kind of halved it down 
uh, up until the final round. Um, and each of the rounds, too, were kind of tied specifically to a theme. Like the first round was all music-based, so each of the competitors chose a song and created a beverage inspired by that song. Um, <clears throat> and we listened to the song while they kind of, you know, made their drink and batch and everybody got to try a sample That's of it. Smart. And the second round was all um, more like on like the tarot card kind of wavelength. And there was like some like swamp rock music happening and tarot readers. And and they would pull a card for the competitors to create from inspired by yeah. the card. And then the third round was a featured artist. Blanking on her name. <laughs> Drea Cofield. And um, she had three pieces that she premiered at the show. And the final three each had one of the paintings that kind of more so assigned to them. And they created a drink based off of that. So I just think that, you know, there's so many things that in a non-alcoholic drink that you're almost looking for. And it's on a lot of the other senses, you know. And so I think that we really highlighted that kind of aspect in this series because, you're not just looking for the taste of booze or also you're looking for a buzz in a different way than, than is being provided to you from substance. You're looking for a buzz like st stimulation by your eyes, by the, your mouth, by the way that you're smelling, yeah. you know, and, and providing that to be something delicious as well truly can make a difference in somebody's day. Mm -hmm. It can, you know, just make them feel supported all around and thought about, which I think everybody likes. I went to the Bodhi one and uh, you guys had a great uh, host there. Wait, actually I was hosting that day <laughs> for the Bodhi one. And it was, it was a fun time. Uh, like it was packed. There's music. People are competing and the people were taking it really seriously, which I love when there's good competition and people were outside the door and I was like turning people away. Like people were like, we want to come in here. We want to come here. Like you can't. All right, buy tickets early. <laughs> They're selling out, and I'm like, I just want to say, congratulations to you guys. You guys are doing something amazing in the city. Thank, Thank you. you. You guys are so inclusive. You had to turn people away. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> That's when it gets. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good sign for inclusive. They're just crashing that gate like the Grateful Dead in 1993. Let us in. Yeah. Let us in. What I really like about these two is like it's it's not, I mean, it's definitely based, centered around these wonderful cocktails, but it's so much of the community, like you said, and it's so much of of you guys putting your personality, your history with the city, your connections to all these people because we got four duds <laughs> to do this uh, you know nobody showed up like you could have the best cocktails in the world but it's really also you four as who you are and your personalities and stuff and and i i don't know between you you probably have about a hundred years of service industry experience <laughs> yeah so uh and also like some of literally the best bartenders in the city too so like seriously to put those talent to use those talents for good <laughs> It feels that way sometimes, <laughs> yeah. though, you know, like, and, and I mean, and just past experiences of working places that, you know, I'm lucky enough to have such like simples and all kinds of different things to play around with. When somebody's asking for that in a drink, it's like exciting to me. I'm like, oh, I get to like do something that's not just like in my brain routine, you know, mm -hmm. like I get to actually put like a lot more thought and my own touch on this where if like, you know, you're having to make stuff from a menu all the time kind of thing. And I, you're seeing a lot more of that in the city. And I think that, that our roadmap does highlight that a lot with all these places that are kind of popping up on, on this train because it just makes sense. You know, for me, it's like almost another like dietary restriction, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I don't eat meat. I don't have dairy personally. And, 
you know, there's an option there. Like what I also don't drink. So like, if there's an option there, there doesn't have to be, I'm not like begging at the door, you know, mm -hmm. but like it is like seen, heard and supported whenever you see that be available. Well, it's kind of like what Alexis was talking about too, about just having the diet Coke as an option or the Sprite with grenadine. <laughs> totally. So Shirley, I, I, Shirley I, temple squad. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think also on top of everything, just providing maybe a little bit of that knowledge to bartenders to be like, Hey, there are other things you can do with your toolkit mm -hmm. that you guys have at work. Um, besides just a Sprite <laughs> with a cherry in it, you know, because that is the thing when you go like, and I've, I've heard, hear that more and more. And, you know, like I work at like a, you know, a, a, a wedding venue bar and there's a lot of people come up and I can tell they feel awkward sometimes about telling me their personal business of why they don't want to have a booze drink. And I'm like, lady, you don't have to tell me you're pregnant. Like, that's your business. Please. She's like, I'd, meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> I prefer you didn't tell me. Yeah. Uh, but, you well, know, and it's just like, hey, I'll, yeah, I'll make, I'll make you something fun. And It's the only substance that we have to justify not using yeah. al is alcohol. Yeah. You know, and it's so like, I remember like even growing up like in weddings and stuff too. And like friends of mine that are pregnant, but like don't want the world to know yet. Like literally carrying around an empty beer with water in it, mm -hmm. you know? So nobody asks them, why are you not drinking? Yeah. And like, you know, society has made this as a full acceptable send here with booze, you know? And I don't think that it is completely problematic. And in my experience, I would never project on everyone's, you know, now mine, yes, <laughs> traumatic, but like, you know, it, and it, it's just like so justified so everywhere pushed on you for mm -hmm. so long you yeah. know and it's kind of interesting like to take a step back you know and to be like you know what's what is going on here like what because for me it's like the confidence that i was looking for in a bottle of whiskey i found in my sobriety by mm -hmm. putting myself through the work and through you know dealing with my trauma and stuff like that and no longer just like leaning on something to be there for me when instead I had to be there for myself by taking alcohol out of my situation. I liked how we were talking about upstairs. Like it's capitalism that promotes that. Like, cause like at the end of the day, people want community. That's all they want. Totally. And like, just to get together and have fun. But capitalism makes you feel like, like, why aren't you drinking? Like I imagine like even in the eighties, like people are like, Hey, why aren't you doing Coke? And like, you know, <laughs> like there's, there's this thing that like money drives that. But the fact that you guys are saying, Hey, no, there is money in not drinking. Like, I think that's great. Yeah. One of the things that I like, uh, too, is that you that that's kind of definitely one of the big lanes of it. But I think also, too, there's so many people that are anything from, like, sober curious or, like, hey, I just want to cut back. You know, like, I like drinking. I mean, I like drinking. Yeah. But, like, I've, I've realized, like, I, I need to cut back on it, you know. And I, I half the year I don't drink and half the year I do. So when I'm not, I'm like, oh man, I love it. And then even when I was drinking, I came to your guys' events. They were great. Totally. Like they're just dope events, you know. Yeah. Like, Thank you. Um, you blacked out on those, and, <laughs> and they had to drag you the out. The one I remember, it was a dope event. <laughs> it wasn't dope for the other people. It's all fucked up on Hawaiian puns. Yeah. You bit somebody. <laughs> so much sugar. Um, well, we we put a special menu together uh, for you two. Speaking of dietary restrictions, yeah, no shit. <laughs> No, two two of my favorite people. What was funny is I got a note, uh, I got a text message from a little birdie today, two hours before the show. It was like, uh, Andrew Brown doesn't eat meat, by the way. And I was just like, I was ready for this a week ago. <laughs> it would have been way too late. But it's like, oh man, it's oops all steak day too. Uh, <laughs> Dyke and I got history. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite things that Andrew, I called it when I had my food truck. 
Uh, I was in a real pinch one time, and I called Andrew Brown, and I was like, I need someone to slap together 300 hamburgers for me. And I called Andrew Brown, who doesn't even eat meat. <laughs> and then he walked like two miles to the kitchen and the patty together 300 hamburgers just to, <laughs> just to help me out because he's because uh, because you're a good person. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I'll patty your beef in your bag. <laughs> um, so what do we make? Okay, so, um, so we had a, a winter salad. We had a nice winter salad. With some uh, candied uh, pistachio, a little honey glazed carrot, some pomegranates. I I pulled, uh, Alexis was here early, so she became the de facto sous chef for the day. And I was like, you ever supremed an orange? She's like, nope. I was like, you're going to learn today. <laughs> Supreming an orange? What's yeah. that? Uh, Sounds illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's when you like cut the segments out of it. Like, you know, when you see like a little segment of orange. Oh, like it didn't fall out the orange that way. You gotta. Oh, you gotta supreme it. You gotta supreme it. <laughs> I was like, you just add pepperoni, green pepper. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that was it. Papa John Dyke. Uh, that shit was good. And then the teriyaki oyster mushrooms. Amazing. Man, kind of gave yeah. it the. I wanted to like. I like the little the, the meaty taste in my vegan food. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Smack so hard made me have a Caesar salad. <laughs> yeah, that changed my life. <laughs> Thad came in. This is the only time Thad's ever come in and asked for like one specific ingredient. He's like, there's some more of the mushrooms back here. <laughs> I'm a fan. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, second course was just a, just a root vegetable hash. Just a fun, just a fun, you know, I just, I, I, I could, I think if I had to eat one breakfast food for the rest of my life, it would probably just be like a hash. Same. Just a, you know, hash and slop. He So uh, Thad, hit me up, Thad hit me up two nights ago, and he goes, how come there's not a, like a late night slop restaurant in Indianapolis? Oh, yeah. He was just with slop till 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah, I think that's called Sam Silver Circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we all want to start one together, I was thinking about calling it Sloppy Nights. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah for, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Slop. I need you to sign on harder for this. <laughs> yes. No, I mean everybody likes mm, slop. Slop. What was the other? What was the other thing that you served today? Uh, <laughs> you guys like my transitions? I've been working on yeah. Really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Masters of segue. It was it was a slop. And then uh, <laughs> red beans and rice. We had some red beans and rice and some uh, vegetable curry and. Uh, some andouille sausage from Smoking Goose. I l and like I'm I do suggest for a vegetable curry, put that sausage in there. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I really you know nothing that kicks up a vegan dish like some sausage. I'll tell you that. It was, you that much. The salt and everything in it, it was perfect. <laughs> and then keep with it over there. Uh Sauce Boss Zach uh made a wonderful dessert for us. Yeah, I made a uh, gluten-free cherry pie, uh, and then I paired that with a raspberry sorbet. I didn't make the sorbet, but full disclosure, I wasn't gonna. I, I wasn't gonna throw you under the bus. That yeah. pie was love, man. Yeah, I'm glad so you much. liked it. It was so good. No, I made it when I was like super tired, and my like my kids were like yelling at me and everything. And so all yesterday, like in my mind, I thought like, man, I fucked that pie up. And so I even went and like got new ingredients to make Aww. a new pie. And then I went home and like I was like, well, if you're gonna restart it, at least cut it in half and see. Like, like I was I was worried like because I'm gluten free, but I usually don't bake gluten free. 
uh, just because I just don't <clears throat> usually eat sweets. And so I wasn't sure if it even solidified right, but I cut it and it worked. So yeah. it was great. I have a question. Um, <laughs> with cherry tie, cherry tie, with cherry pie, it's usually tart, correct? Like I feel like usually when I'm eating cherry pie, there's always a little tartiness, which is fine. But this one had zero tart. This isn't a complaint. I was wondering, how did you do that? Well, whenever I make the dessert, I think about you first, and I make it super sweet. <laughs> <laughs> because I know I know if I can win Thad, then I can win the day. Aw. That's true. She just gave him slop. That's it. <laughs> Sloppy cherries. <laughs> Sloppy pie. So, uh, real quick, I'd like to ask both of, question both of you, but can you just kind of give us a quick, like, uh, little origin story about how you came to be involved, like, your, your work history and kind of how you became to be part of Parch Pavement? You can go first, Alexis. Okay. Um, work history. I've been in the industry for a multitude of years and um, just picking up different skills along the way. Uh, finally, in... 2019, like the middle of it, um, I heard about this mocktail, uh, not a competition. Yeah, it was a competition. It was a mocktail competition down in Louisville um, put on by the Mocktail Project. And um, Heather and I went and checked it out, and it was super cool. And I just really thought that Indy should have something like that. Um, We thought about it, thought about it, and then COVID hit, thought about it some more because that's all you could do. And then, uh, um, and why, why is that important to you? Why is it important to me? It was, um, it was a, it was a part, I, inclusivity is my brand. And I feel like that was, um, an area of people that just didn't, didn't get served. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, addiction and alcoholism in the industry and, um, I just felt like we needed some sort of outlet instead of after you get off work, you just go and drink yourself stupid. So I thought that there would be something that you should, you know, as an industry, we should be able to like hang out without it. Um, So yeah, so we went to that. And then uh, um, after everything started opening back up, I found out that Andrew had started his sober journey and um, talked to them and then and then uh, got everybody else involved. So. Nice. My turn. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Um, you know, I guess uh, I've been in and out of the industry for majority of like probably coming on 15 years. Um, <clears throat> it really, craft cocktailing came to me when I worked uh, at Fletcher Place at Hotel Tango uh, with you, Dyke, and Allie Hall, who is one of our other members. Um you know, and that's kind of where it just kind of became apparent to me that I liked to make things that taste good, you know, that are there to drink. Um, and, you know, Alexis kind of came to me with this project. I think we had had some mutual friends. Like, I think maybe, like, Allie even was at my house for dinner one night or something with a couple other friends. Uh, hi, Mighty. Hi, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had kind of, you know started on a sober curious journey. Um, I had done a couple like dry Januaries and at this point I can't remember the timeline, but I guess if we did that in April um, and I, you know, decided that I took 30 days off and then I drank and then I took another 30 days and I ended up doing four months that 
like year or something like that. Maybe that sounds right. I don't know. And um, Alexis kind of was like, hey, I got this idea. And like my my brain was already like kind of wheeling and dealing here because I'm like, you know, there's nowhere for these people to hang out at. And like and I'm one of these people now and I'm comfortable going to this place because I work in a bar, you know, Mm -hmm. but like some some people and just, you know, my codependency issues are like, you know, where can these people go? And, you Mm -hmm. know, so wanting to create that safe space for other people really like just made me feel passionate, you know, and being able to create representation as well. Um, and just like also passion project, you know, is just going to help sobriety kind of flourish. Um, and I continued on that sobriety journey as for eight months, um, this past year, and then ended up relapsing and drinking for a few months. Um, which was fine. Not really, but like, you know, <laughs> like, it was just for me, like I am a person that I identify as an alcoholic and, you know, in that time frame, like that really wasn't my story then, you know, mm. like I kind of always had that thought in the back of my head, like, you know, I'm the one I'm going to fix this kind of thing. And, um, you know, especially like after I had had drinks a couple times into that, because I, you know, truly did only have like one or two and was like, I'm fine. Like, this is it. you know, and just like, gritting my teeth trying to get in an uber home um but then that you know quickly led to me drinking and and you know problematic behavior which is not what i would like to be participating in um and i went to a treatment center and was gone for two months and why i missed uh, one of our parch pavement events the one that was at Bodie, uh because i was locked up at the hab um <laughs> which was honestly a wonderful experience for me to be honest um, you know, but it just, and that again, you know, like even talking to some people that were there, st- uh, other alcoholics too, that are like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, monumental. Like, I feel like I could make friends that aren't just like at meetings and stuff. It provides like something that is like still recovery or safe space focused, but it's not like the focus. Yeah. Like the focus mm-hmm. is to be like, you know, enjoying yourself just like any other event Yeah, would be happening in the city. What do you have to say to the people that said like that relapse was a plant for um, your guys' industry because you guys wanted to get more people involved in drinking sober? <laughs> I heard you were passing out business cards <laughs> at your you really relapse. Stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, I did, are I, you a plant? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the whole plan. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's was relapse was planned for sure. But, yeah, method acting. <laughs> yeah. Now you got a chance. Read to, my notebook. You'll see. <laughs> you got a chance at some point to go to like some other cities and check out their kind of um, NA scene, correct? Like some cool bars and stuff. Yeah, we've both kind of been doing our research on that. Um, I went up to Chicago and did a non-alcoholic gin tasting, which was awesome. Um, we did that mocktail competition, um, and then. Uh, I haven't really been anywhere else, but I've been looking into it. I've been to Awake, which is the sober bar in Denver, um, and it's really cool. You know, it, it has, like, the, the total vibe of, of a regular kind of, like, coffee shop bar, um, and they also have, like, bottles and cans and stuff as well. Yeah. Like, of NA stuff, which is, I mean, I think just a genius idea. Like, like oh, you like this product? Well, here it is. Would you like, how do you really like this product? Yeah. Kind of thing, you know? But it, it's just nice to see. And even, like, you know, I feel like every one of them I've seen is, like, singles night because, you know, trying to date when you're not drinking is fucking awkward. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the only thing not hard about it is me. <laughs> hey. Grim <laughs> shot. Uh, <laughs> That's usually before. Hey. 
Uh, I completely <laughs> threw me off my train of thought. That was great. Uh, no, that's awesome. Oh, I remember. I was gonna, I was gonna say. Well, I think a, a lot of a lot of everything is kind of the ritual of stuff too, right? So like, so much of it just like like you said, it's a coffee shop, but some of it's just like having you know, hey, this is this cool product that we, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like some of it. So much is like the kind of the 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 reverence that you put into something. It's just like like when you go to like a fancy like coffee shop and you tell the baristas like knows all the gadgets and gizmos and will yeah. tell you about the foam and stuff yeah. like that it's just like just the uh the ritual i think and like the, like having a space where people take something serious and yeah. care about it you know and developing those spaces in indie and you guys uh have just been amazing at that um we're almost to our first break but um where can people find you guys and follow you on social media so our social media is at Parchpavement on Instagram. We also have a Facebook, but it's not as active. Okay. And then... Um, follow that gram. And follow the- that gram. Uh, other than that, we have an event coming up at the end of January. Speak uh, on it. <laughs> uh, with Newfields, we're doing um, a smaller uh, mocktail competition. It's just it's five participants. And um, January 26th. Um, and it's in the Loom exhibit. So it is... Monet, right? Mm-hmm. Monet and friends. Mocktails and Monet. That's awesome. And for any of you guys listening, and maybe you're not familiar with the Loom exhibit, uh, it's really cool. It's 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 wall to wall, completely immersive, three uh, D, where they post everything from the ceiling to the floor to the walls. Yeah, and they rotate. from the windows to the walls. Ski 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 And then they'll have uh, just really cool art projected up there that uh, transitions as you walk through it and everything, and it's real amazing and. Uh, that is, sounds like an awesome place to have an event. Yeah, I literally sure. was just there. Um, they had a music event uh, this weekend. Um, I met Lindsay Joe there. It was it's fantastic. Please go out there and support indie art. Uh, they're doing cool things. Um, yes. Yeah, I think that's like such a big part of us too. You know, is like we're trying to boost and utilize people in our city that are also doing these kinds that's of things. What it so is. like, if you are, especially if you're a person living uh, your life alcohol free, like definitely reach out. If there's ways that we can collab with you, we would love to do that. You know, um, artists of all kinds and just people in general, because I think that that's something that you know, trying to stay in, keep indie indie, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there we go. And you know, like keeping each other involved in this stuff only boosts everybody around us. So true. Well, I love you both. And I appreciate you guys taking your time to I come out and talk to us today. I like you guys. Um, <laughs> At best. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with your better halves. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our wives. Thank, you. Thank you guys. Gen Z can't stop raving about the Harder Brunch Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Harder Brunch slaps. No cap, the Harder Brunch podcast is bussin' on God. Move over, Boomer. Gen Z's here to talk to you about the Harder Brunch Patreon. Harder Brunch podcast on Patreon, $3 a month, low-key a steal. The Harder Brunch podcast, dead ass, has me bricked up every day. <laughs> Listen to these all totally real testimonials. No, like, I'm getting paid to do this, don't worry. Yeah. No. You think I do this for free? No. The Harder Brunch podcast, dead ass, slaps. younger! The Harder Brunch Podcast Deadass Slaps. Just go to patreon.com backslash harder brunch. The Patreon After Brunch Podcast hits different. That shit makes you feel shit.
The Harder Brunch Podcast fucks. Hi, and welcome back to the Harder Brunch Podcast. We're joined with the other half of Parch Pavement, uh, Allie Hall and Heather Storms. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having us today. It's been awesome. Very excited. You've both been on before previously, singly. Yes. But now you're part of uh, the super group. Yes. I like like that. You said it earlier, and I was like, I'm into that. You guys are like the, the Justice League. Yes. Well, I actually thought it was funny. You said Fantastic Four earlier, and uh, one of the uh, members' name is actually Susan Storm, and oh. my last name is Storm, so I was like, oh, that kind of fits. That does fit. Yeah. Which one, Hall, yeah, which one no. are you, Allie? I don't know. Mr. Fantastic? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic. You guys both have a reputation. we're married. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's my lovely wife. Are you, are you guys, I, I now I would say that you guys would be the... Uh, the brain, not the brain, but like the the, the nerdy science half. Uh, <laughs> the 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 I, I see you two as this the, is the nerdy. Science I was like, half. yeah, <laughs> Heather for sure, but uh, very nerdy. I, I I definitely see you guys as the uh, more nuts and bolts side of of, <laughs> of part. Very creative. How are we how are we landing this plan? <laughs> no, but like I'm the nuts and juice the bolts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whoever's the nuts is whoever's the nuts. You said it, I didn't. <laughs> But uh, no, like, well, like I was talking about taking a shot. I was like, "Can we take a shot of this?" And, and Heather already started going. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you can." Because why, why, why did you say we could? So something that Spiritless uh, does that's a little bit different than other uh, Spiritless. I know to use the brand name uh, brand. So is they do what's called dealcoholization. So it actually is a distillate, um, and then they use a process to remove the alcohol from it, and then they also add in uh, pure capsaicin and ginger to kind of mimic the burn that you would get from a mm. base spirit if you were to take a shot of it on your own or, or, or on its own or mix it in with a cocktail. So with this one, uh, as opposed to something like seed lip, seed lip is good with like effervescence or citrus um, and spiritless, you can, you can make it old fashioned with that. Oh wow. And it would mimic a, a, a you know booze filled old fashioned. Well, this is going to be my first non-alcoholic shot. So thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Cheers. Cheers, cheers. cheers everyone. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, yeah. cheers. Thanks for having us. Yeah. There's that bird. You know what I mean? Like you can, t- you can definitely tell the no, difference if you've had whiskey, for, but. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. But it, it, yeah, it does kind of. That's so smart. I would never even thought about doing that using pepper spice yeah. to, uh, That's to, to, to mimic the burn of alcohol. I love how you like know the ins and outs. We've had you on the show before, but like you just know the history behind everything. Like you go back in the 1500s, this is what they were doing. Actually, the word mocktail was first used in 1916. I'm not joking. The first oh, mocktail really? ever invented was the Shirley Temple, but she had nothing to do with it. A hotel just made it up. Oh, because like she, 30s, could, she was old enough to drink. Right. Well, yeah. So it was for kids. It's for kids. Believe it or not, ah. they're coming back and they call them dirty Shirley's. Dirty oh, Shirley's? I work Shirley's. at a wedding venue. I make uh, Dirty yeah. Shirley's oh, every weekend. Shirley. I'm very familiar. Now, Dirty Shirley is when she got older, correct? <laughs> <laughs> of legal when age, let's 30. say. <laughs> of legal dirty age. Dirty Shirley. Those are her Dirty 30s. <laughs> dirty 30s. This, this time she was drinking. She <laughs> was, <laughs> was her last film. <laughs> <laughs> She's like smoking a cigarette. I was like, hey. Hey, doll. <laughs> Animal crack is in my soup, am I right? I don't know why she has an accent now, but she does. <laughs> hey. Hey, toots. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, well, welcome, welcome to the program. Um, I guess uh, I kind of want to, yeah, I kind of want to touch base with you guys in the in the same way about um, if you give kind of your like base or uh, origin story and then how you came to be part of joining up with uh, Parch Pavement. Get it? 
You get it. You get it. You get it. Get it. Get it. Uh, yeah, so I have been in the service industry for 17 years. Um, I started out as like a server and bartender in a sports bar and then uh, decided not to use my college degree because I just really enjoyed bartending and creating. What was your degree in? Uh, <laughs> it's why I'm a bartender. Uh, I have a, <laughs> a BA in English uh, with a focus in creative writing. So mm. I write plays on the side, um, but I kind of fell in love with this. Uh, it still allows me to exercise my creativity while I'm building flavor profiles, you know, and then getting into the history side of everything has been really fun for me as well. Um, so I've kind of worked my way up through that. I've run a couple programs that's been really fulfilling for me. Uh, I was a lead bartender at Black Market uh, when it was open, RIP. RIP. <sighs> it was such a good one. Uh, and then I went over and ran the bar at Union 50, uh, which Allie actually kind of did before me. So yep. a little overlap there. Mm-hmm. And then um, most recently, I was the uh, beverage director uh, at Bodie. I actually opened that concept and was there for two years uh, and then moved on. Uh, but yeah, so for me, uh, getting into parched pavement was uh, everything that you know Andrew and Alexa said, right? Like they've hit on all the points of accessibility and community and passion mm-hmm. and all these things that are really at the core, I think, of why we do it. Mm-hmm. Sorry to me a turn away. Um, but for me, there was an additional layer. Um, as somebody who is put their heart and soul into improving the industry and, and the community, bar community in Indianapolis. Like I want our bar scene to be well-respected. I want mm-hmm. it to be given the, you know, consideration that it deserves. I felt like I came up in what I would consider the second class of craft bartenders. There was a, a whole league before us that paved the way that got people interested, that really broke the ice for, you know, the customers. And then there were the people like us who kind of came in after them because all those people moved away. Mm-hmm. You know, they went to New York, they went to Chicago, Denver, Dallas. It, it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but kind of my philosophy has always been go somewhere and make it better. And hey. for me, that's Indianapolis. So um, for me, I think when you look at all those other big scenes, you do see huge NA movements. Sure. You know, the, the spirit free places and spaces there are abundant. Mm-hmm. And that was lacking here. And there's clearly a demand. I mean, our first mixer, like the first event we ever threw was really just to see if there was any, you know, interest. traction. Yeah. yeah, any interest. And, and once 120 we, people. 120 the people. First time? The, the first time? The first one we ever did. Mm-hmm. And we, we, didn't, we didn't know what we were yet. And we had 120 people come out and I was like, cool. So that was the other side of it for me was like, it was a challenge to grow the bar community in general outside of all the things we talked about um, as far as inclusivity goes. Mm, I love that. That's that's great, and like also, and I feel like I keep circling back to it, but I, I obviously this is great for people that are you know completely sober and you know for whatever reason that they're doing that, but I also just like the inclusivity of going out to a bar and just uh, having something for everyone, you know, like like mm-hmm. I I like the idea of just like seeing menus and seeing like oh there's these are my options if I want to have like I went to um, Can Can yesterday and just didn't just to see that there was like options just on the menu like that i could have if i wanted to like oh that's nice that's definitely becoming normalized then i drink yeah. five pots of coffee instead but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a very different um other places like mm-hmm. on the coast yeah like where the na movement is like hip hop in like and people don't question it and i think for me like Yes, I've been in the service industry for pretty much my whole life. We've tried, I've tried many times to get out of it. But at the end of the day, I love to host. I love people and Mm -hmm. I love food and drink. And um, I think that it's, there's a challenge, right? Like 
it's a there's a rigid stigma about drinking and Andrew and Alexis touched on it earlier but it's like why is it such a big deal that you don't drink mm-hmm. and why are we focused on we're going to go out to dinner and have drinks, but where are we going to go before and have drinks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, don't get me wrong. Like I love a drink um, and I'm personally a drinker, but um, there was, you know, a lack of things to do or places to go where the focus isn't on drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like the mocktail competition that we had that you would have no idea that alcohol was not even in those. Cocktails. Oh yeah. yeah. They were amazing. They were delicious. Um, and so it's, it's a challenge. And so we're here, like I've been in it, at events, um, pretty much wherever I've been, um, bartending, um, catering, like odd jobs here and there, but it's always hospitality. And so to, to be able to create a space where everyone feels welcome. Um, and if you're a drinker, come do that, have fun and then go have a drink after. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but it's also a place where people can go and enjoy themselves and not feel pressured Mm -hmm. or not feel triggered yeah um one thing we try to do is if we are hosting at a bar we try to cover up the booze so that people you know maybe that are uh, abstaining from booze or that's their lifestyle now um they don't feel a certain way because some people will be up you know like triggered simply because they're they're seeing a wall of alcohol like everybody's at a different place on what bothers them and what doesn't and we just want to make sure that like all the way from like you know, zero to a hundred, everybody's being accounted for and considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's very nice. And I I just I love to eat and I love to cook, um, and so drinks are their liquid food. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was working at Union Fifty, and I like had an epiphany, and I was like, oh, I this is awesome, and I, it was something silly like a spicy old fashioned with like chocolate mole bitters. Mm. Um, but I was like started muddling stuff, and then I'm like, well, you can really do. You know, you, I could make a drink based off the salad, the winter salad you made mm-hmm. for us. Um, and I, it's just really cool to be able to create those things um, and to offer something that is not a Shirley Temple. Yeah. Because, right? you know, like even if you are drinking um, and maybe you, every other drink you want to have something different or maybe you want to have a couple drinks and then, you know, veer towards something else. Like it's nice to have something that's not a soda water with a splash of crayon yeah. or a Diet Coke. Yeah, something now, with a little more thought put into it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And speaking of, you made the, uh, I think Andrew talked about the first cocktail. You yeah. made this second one? Yes. Well, well that was really great. Okay. I really enjoyed that one. So that is um, some cucumber from your salad mm. earlier today. Mm. Um, some freeze-dried strawberries I found in your freezer. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, wait, those? Uh, yeah. Forging around. <laughs> those were not, okay. You're going to start feeling weird. No, <laughs> we're going to need to throw up immediately. <laughs> those are special strawberries. <laughs> um, and then I also used the Seedlip Grove, a little bit of lemon juice, um, and some prickly pear simple syrup. Wow. Both cocktails were great. They both kind of hit completely different. Like like Andrew Brown's uh, cocktails are like like I said earlier always more like herbal. Yours was like just refreshing and like I could see myself being like on vacation yeah. just drinking that like for sure. Uh, we're maybe wearing a sarong, you know, like. <laughs> and only a sarong. Yeah. Wardrobe change now. A, sor- yeah. a sarong and a, and a secret. <laughs> so my my question is, who came up with the name PP Parch Pavement? Who who came up with that? That was kind of. It was Andrew, I think, because like we were kind of bouncing some ideas around, and then like Andrew said that, and you immediately were like, "That's it." I like that. Well, in it all, like 
you know, it all started because we wanted to create a roadmap across Indianapolis of places that you could go. Oh. So it's like, and we're like a trail, an adventure. Okay. You know. Okay. A road. A road, of a pavement of, of dryness. Right. Yes. Now, and I did see that at one point. Uh, do you guys still have that on your on your uh, social media? Yeah. Um, shout out to Alexis for sure, because she takes care of all of our social media. Yep. Um, she does a killer job. So that she updates that uh, as frequently as we can when we start to hear about new places that um, are doing, you know, NA lists or low, low proof or whatever. We try to throw that up there on the map and then, you know, kind of geotag it or whatever and tag their social medias. Um, so it's a constantly evolving and updated list. Mm. And if you know of yeah, please, places, please message us. DM us. Nice. And we'll add it to the list. Slide it. Hey. Slide it. Uh, now, Heather, I have a couple questions, and I feel like you're the, the science-y person to, <laughs> no to ask. No pressure. Uh, well, one, we were talking about, I think we were, we had uh, uh, Jake Johnson on, and he's been uh, uh, part of the uh, mocktail competitions. And he was saying that the phrase mocktail itself is kind of going out of fashion. Yes. Um, that's actually interesting that you bring that up. Uh, so... I think it's tough to talk about because I, I listened to the episode that he was on and there is some kind of like confusion for people that aren't so like as to why that's offensive. Um, first of all, I always like to let the marginalized community define their own terms because if you're the one feeling hurt or injured or small or excluded, you get to say what you want to be called. You get to say how things affect you. So I always try to lead with that. I don't have to understand why that bothers you. Mm -hmm. If it bothers you, I don't want to do it. Um, and then that being said, uh, going back to Shirley Temple, actually, oh. the, you said it's like a, a kitty cocktail almost, mm -hmm. right? I think that's where the mock part is really bothering people because if you look up the definition of mocktail in like Webster's or something, it does mention typically for children. Mm. And so I think that it's like infantilizing. Oh. I, I think it feels like demeaning, like you're not an adult, you're not to be considered. I don't personally feel that way, but I'm not the, it's, it's, I'm not the one that's being, you know, marginalized essentially mm -hmm. so what the preferred term would be the, the NA one, cocktail or? so there's there's a few terms that you can use but they mean different things okay. non-alcoholic and zero proof are very different they have different oh, okay. definitions to, for something to be called non-alcoholic it contain up it can contain up to 0.5 percent abv mm -hmm. um, which you you'll never get drunk off of um there's there's actually alcohol in fruit like orange juice has is technically non-alcoholic because it, it does contain a certain percentage of alcohol. Anytime that you're in an environment where you're introducing yeast to sugars or bacteria to sugars, there's going to be spontaneous fermentation. Mm. Like a banana has alcohol in it. Yeah. Um, so that's what non-alcoholic means. Zero proof means there's 0.0 ABV in it whatsoever. Mm. Um, you have the thing like de-alcoholized, which we just talked about with the spiritless, which means there was alcohol in it and then they've removed it. And they've taken it down to zero. Uh, it depends on the product. In the U.S., they have different... This is so boring. In no, the U.S., no, they have different no, regulations for the label than in the U.K. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but so the, the, the term that I think is the best to blanket, like you would use mocktails, a blanket term, yeah. is spirit-free. Spirit-free, okay. Because also, the word alcohol can be triggering for people, so we try to avoid that. Oh. Yeah. And non-alcoholic, I don't know, just with the whole stigma of alcohol and drinking in our society, Yeah, I feel like non-alcoholic seems boring or sad gotcha <laughs> no and, it, and it's good to know and like and some of it you know we're comics too so we always get like the first time i have to do anything different i'm like what <laughs> you know but but I, this I, isn't I, the I, way i like it. it's not the <laughs> way i'm used to this is not my favorite thing uh, 
but uh but like i do like to know the like the understanding of it and and, and why and like yeah like you said like a lot of, it's like sure I'll, I'll use the if that's a less hurtful thing for you then why why not do yeah. it why not be kind right. and i think that's like huge because that's when you boil it down at the end of the day that's we're just trying to make people happy feel included yeah. and happy i like that so spirit free it is yeah sure now you guys uh, got to eat the same meal. You did not have any dietary restrictions today, <laughs> sure but you were a victim of the <laughs> of all of the restrictions. So I wanted to make sure that the brunch did sit well with you two. Oh, a thousand percent. Well, okay. Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah, I was. I actually said to I don't remember who I was talking to, but I was like, I'm the type of person that will eat food if it tastes good. So if it's vegan and it tastes good, I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. If it's a fish eyeball and it tastes good, I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. So well done. Yes, it was delicious. There's very there's little complaints. I, mean, I was going to say there's you, very little fish eyeballs in the world. You can make a mushroom you know? pie. Mushroom you can pie. Make mushrooms, and then you can make a pie. <laughs> what are you so What are you thinking for that? How would you make a mushroom pie, Sauce Boss? <laughs> well, he would make the mushrooms, and then I'd make it into a pie. <laughs> potato, potato. Am I right? I'm so glad I asked that. <laughs> I didn't realize. Uh, I didn't. Realized the mushrooms were going to be the runaway hit. Of, they were super of, good. Of the but I'm the same as Heather. If it's, you know, any kind of food, doesn't matter to me. If it's good, I'll eat it. Sure. And I, I like and to I'm have. I'm also very adventurous. I did too, like so. to having the separate meat kind of options where you could, like, add an egg if you wanted. You could add some sausage if you wanted. That was a bonus. It, it, but it, it's the same kind of thing with the spirit of what you guys are talking about was like having something for everyone that you know everyone can be accommodated because i definitely do like if i i always try to cater to the guests so sometimes uh, we'll have someone who's not actually a guest but they come by and they're on the show and they're like actually i don't eat whatever and i'm like sol buddy i don't know what to tell you like <laughs> well, that was like my freak out text earlier yeah i was like i sat up in bed and i was like <gasps> andrew doesn't eat meat <laughs> Like you wouldn't already know that. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was very nice of you and a very good friend to do that. But I was yeah. like thinking too, like, oh, I don't know what I would have done if you know, like, run out to the store and grab some vegetables. You're like, here's a piece of romaine. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's that shows that they're a team. They they got each other's back. They really are the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and there was an option for people that were meat curious. So thank you. But, <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like an OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> Are you me curious? Thanks it's, for the sausage. <laughs> what do you guys see? So they were talking, you guys were talking about like, obviously everything kind of starts on the coast and kind of moves inward. Um, where, where do you see the future of the spirit free movement going? Like within Indianapolis, like, I mean, I think that we, we've got a good, like we've got some momentum behind us right now. Um, I mean, you know, the, over the course of human history, things rise and fall, as we know, multiple ways that we experience politically and everything from culture to trends to, you know, fashion, it all, it all comes and goes. And this isn't the first time that the, you know, the spiritless movement has kind of, you know, become a thing. It was big in the 80s. It was big in the 30s. Um, but I hope to make it sustainable at this point mm. because now we're more interconnected as humans ever yeah. than ever before. Um, and so I just hope that we keep gathering more people to sustain the movement. I mean, we've been really, really lucky to have the team of bartenders that we've had at all of our events. Like we're talking to who's who of Indianapolis and they are all 
super down. Like they are putting as much thought and creativity and passion and hard work into what we've asked them to do as they would for something that had alcohol in it. And everybody's just been so on board. And like, to me, that gives me hope that it will be a sustainable movement that will just become a permanent fixture of the, of the culture here. The thirties and the eighties. Why? I don't know. I mean, I think people are just doing a lot of coke in the eighties, and they're like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do both, man. Well, I can't do both. <laughs> or maybe they were, and Club then you know, soda and cocaine, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a diet. <laughs> but, but the thirties? Yeah, I don't. I don't actually. You're, you're kind of testing my history knowledge because I don't know why. I don't know why in the thirties. I don't know if it was just because of the trauma of like getting well, into the war and after prohibition, and there were still a lot of people that didn't drink after prohibition, right. and there's yeah. I also think Gen Z just does not drink like we do, you know, like we 100%. did, I guess, you know, yeah. like I think they're the first ones that kind of come up and we're just like, it's, it's not just part of the culture where everyone is binge drinking yeah, too, yeah. you know, time. yeah, too. And, and I, I noticed it like when I work with like young comics and stuff too, like they're just kind of like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I had one well, drink. Like I got we stuff to do. We a lot of places now. That too, is true. So. That is, you know. Yeah, I also blame Hangover Three. That was such a terrible movie. <laughs> it was such a terrible movie, yeah. and like it ended comedy and drinking. Seriously, like what was the last good drinking movie that there was? In my when I was going to high school, there was like a drinking movie every year. You know. No one wants to back me up on that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yes, I, and. I know that you can't hear, you can't hear me nod, but I nodded. <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, you know, uh, I don't know the name. Drinking of, movie. What was my favorite drinking movie? Yeah, the, uh, there was the one where it was a beer fest. There, there oh like, my god! Yeah, I'm not saying that was my favorite one, but there was like types of movies like that every year. I don't know one like that. Hangover Three was the last one there. Was like nah. Yeah, actually, I don't. Dude, no, where's, there wasn't dude, even where's drinking. my car? There wasn't even dude, drinking in Hangover Three. That's my <laughs> complaint. They were just hungover. It's after the drinking. Yeah, dude, where's my car? Was yeah. that about drinking? God, that's yeah. oh, that's older than we all think it is. I think. <laughs> um, college, I, that I, movie. Yeah, yeah. They don't really, they don't really celebrate the drinking. But that again, that kind of goes back to Gen Z, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying. I even think about the fact that there are a lot of what they call California sober people. Yeah. I know a lot of <laughs> comics and stuff. They're like, I. <laughs> I'm sober. I don't drink, and then they're just doing dabs. <laughs> like, you What's turned, that torch for? You, yeah, you turned weed into crack, sir. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> don't touch this. <laughs> You'll burn your hand off. You're messing with my sobriety. <laughs> and then just the hour long coughing afterwards. Like, okay. But uh, it's it's it also is interesting being in Indiana too because like you know I just went to I went to my first dispensary like last month I went to Illinois and just saw how casually it's all done and how it, you know and then it's just like you come to Indiana and you're like are we are we the backwards uh, right. one or like are we like, I mean the answer is always yes yeah. well, I was just in Vegas and they had um, Planet Thirteen it's like a mall and they have their production facilities a hundred and twelve thousand square feet facility. So on the left side, they have like a smoothie factory, a coffee shop, a bar, and everything is in roller coaster. Mm. And on the right side, it's just a massive store of all things THC. One of the things that I saw, they didn't have it. They had it out on display, but they didn't have it to, to purchase, and I was bummed out. They had uh, cannabis-infused tonic water, and I wanted to, because I knew I had a bottle of this here, and oh, I, yeah. I wanted to do a, a not gin and chronic. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that that'll be fun." And then I was like, "Oh man, like, what if 
like, well, I mean, Indiana, I don't know if it ever be legal, but like, what if there's a store that just did like uh, spirit spiritless cocktails, but infused them with THC? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a weird market, but you know, like, Th- those those places kind of exist uh, in other cities too. The only problem with like the edible kind of stuff like that too is like it always hits you later, you know. <laughs> you're so like just three like, in, and you're like, yeah, I can hear colors. <laughs> <laughs> We went and saw that movie, Violent Night, where Santa kills a bunch of people. <laughs> I wanted to see that. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, it is exactly what it uh, purports to be. But uh, we went, and it was a bunch of comics. We rented out the whole theater, and we walked in, and somebody was like, you want an edible? And I was like, no. I was like, I wouldn't. I was like, First of all, I wouldn't do that because it's illegal in this That's state. right. <laughs> but uh, if I was going to... Um, I was like, what? I'm going to eat that now. I'm going to watch this whole movie, and then I'm going to go home and have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you should have offered this to me yesterday. You're doing I'm it like, wrong, yeah. though. But you've done weed before um, in Indiana. What have I? Oh, I don't know. I was just kidding. I think that was a big Delta A. <laughs> that was a very legal Delta A. I did the very legal Delta A gummies. Oh, that's right. Oh. Or CBD. <laughs> <laughs> that must be what you think of. Look, there's a lot, a lot of cops listening to this. <laughs> it's like 50% cops. And then yeah. the sirens coming. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually a sting operation. I'm just actually paranoid gotcha. from all the weed I had earlier. <laughs> 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 this oh is a five O show, so uh, <laughs> uh, we uh, we we say we mess with twelve. Yeah, <laughs> we, we with heavily 12. fuck with twelve. <laughs> we, we, we fuck with twelve that's, hard. Well, that's what your tattoo says. I was all yeah. cops. A cab. All cops are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. All cops. Yes. yes. <laughs> all cops are brave. <laughs> all cops are brave. If we don't look good. You don't look good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm sorry. I said that. <laughs> it, it was gross, even even coming out of my mouth. No, we'll, we'll clip that out, and that'll be the trailer. <laughs> Shirley Temple. Oh, Pig, pigs in a blanket. I sleep with cops. <laughs> I don't know. That was a perfect. Oh. That was kind of a diss on oh, you guys. No. Uh. Oh, speaking of the like, kind of a segue. So I, you're talking about going to a dispensary for the first time. I took my dad to a dispensary in Chicago. And my dad is very, he's not conservative, but he's very like, a, he's a rule follower. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's not gonna fuck with it. He's, you know. Yeah. And so we take him in and he's just like tense. Like you can tell he's like, and I'm like, dad, it's cool. I was like, it's gonna help with your arthritis. It's gonna help with your anxiety. You know, like, th- I was like, you're gonna go up to the guy. You're gonna tell him what your issues are. And he's gonna pick out some stuff for you. That's gonna help, help you sleep, you know. And so he's just, okay. So like we get in there and it, it looks like a fucking Mac store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And this brings me full circle, not to talk about the fact that my dad is now like a raging, like edible, like fiend. Um, but to go to the point where I'm like, when we're at the point in society where these dispensaries look like Mac stores, can we please get these people to fuck out of prison that are in jail for hey. non-offensive or non-aggressive go. charges? Like, go. can we just like exonerate these yes. people and expunge their records? Cause it's some bullshit that it's legal in multiple states and there are still people yeah. in jail for it. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah. There's but. a lot of, no, it's fine. A lot of people were talking about after that lady got out of uh, Russia, they're like, well, we still have a lot of people here. And I was like, yeah, like it, it is true. We do have a lot of people here and like for like, petty weed crimes. Yeah, and nonviolent drug offenders should be freed. You know, you know what? I want to take back what I said about the cops. <laughs> yes. I don't fuck with I you anymore. I had to like palate cleanse after I made the cop joke. I, I just had to. Like it felt weird because there's like, and I, and I work with kids too. Like here's the thing: they they get 
kids at an early age and get them in the system and then get them institutionalized and then you just have a record ongoing and ongoing until like so you're 15 and then you get trained by people that are already in prison and then you never get off until you're like like 45 you're like all right this is i'm done doing i don't know whatever that's my that was political corner with that and Heather. I, yeah, I, I jumped on your soapbox and I was like, no one wants to hear this. Like, Dice, like, I want them in jail. Can't keep these kids off my lawn. So yeah, if you're listening to this, guys, arrest kids for smoking weed. Get them in the system because it's, it's good money. Honestly, Indiana's making a lot of money off of that. I'm done. Allie, what do you have to say? Yeah. You said it. Why all did up. I become lock them up Dice? That's what I was that seems like so bad. Like I don't want to. I don't want to repeat that. Lock him up, Dyke. I'm done. We made you a shirt. We uh, just got canceled. Sauce bus. We just got canceled. Uh, I'm back on the twelve side. <laughs> just, just to be clear, we love the police here on the show. <laughs> uh, and Dyke doesn't do the weed. Yeah. No. No. I've never done uh, one single weed. <laughs> Snorted zero pots. I have it. Yeah, I've never inhaled the weed. Uh, uh, I don't even have allergies. I don't know. <laughs> I, guys, this shot really sent me off the rails. <laughs> uh, where can people find you and follow you guys on social media one more time? Uh, we are at Parch Pavement on Instagram. And what was that next event coming up? January twenty sixth at Newfields. Nice mocktails and Monet. I, I honestly I'm so excited uh, if you guys have not been to the loom exhibit uh, it's such a cool thing and I, I, I think such a smart idea to have your event there like this. it's gonna be super dope and we're we've partnered with them there's gonna be nosh bites that um, kind of accompany the mocktails um, throughout the loom exhibit um, you will also be able to purchase additional um, uh, drink zero proof drinks. Yep. Uh, and then a uh, friend of the show, Jake Johnson, will be competing hey. again. So, shout out Redemption. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a private, it's a private showing, too, as well. So. Oh, nice. We hope to see you there. We well, you guys, you, guys, uh, you guys haven't missed with any of your events yet. So, um, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. I'm very excited. Uh, Thaddeus J. McKee, where can people find you and follow you on the social medias? Uh, after this, I'll probably be in jail. So, <laughs> if you guys could get me out, um, I would appreciate that. <laughs> Got you. Zach Rohn, where can people find you and follow you on social media? Yeah. You can find me at Zach <laughs> underscore Rohn on all social media. Cool. Uh, I'm at Dyke Michaels on all social media. Guys, also, we have an amazing comedy podcast, the After Brunch Podcast. That's where we really let our hair down and tell you how we really feel about the police. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> you don't want to mess it. It's only, only, only $3. Uh, Cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's uh, patreon.com backslash heart of brunch. Uh, check us out. And other than that, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.